Well, praise the Lord, and good day to you. All you soldiers of the cross, we're glad to be with you this morning, this afternoon, whatever time of day, whatever day it is. Grab your Bibles. We're about to jump into Hebrews chapter 10. Wonderful portion of Scripture here for us children of God who are students of God's Word. Those are obedient children, those who are studying to show themselves approved unto their faithful God. And uh, we're just so thankful to be in this great portion of Scripture that we are. This is going to be Hebrews chapter 10, part 9, today on this fourth day of April, 2022. And uh, just always excited to know that at any given moment we are about to leave uh, this planet. We're right at the end of that 6,000 year period. And uh, our our groom, the Lord Jesus Christ, is coming back for his bride. And I'm telling you folks, at any minute, we are about to leave, any given moment. And we want to be found functioning as the body of Christ faithfully to our Savior when he comes for us. And uh, one of the ways that we do that is we are students of God's Word. We share God's Word. Uh, we gather with the saints, and we worship God in the congregational setting. Uh, we are people of prayer and faith, and uh, many other things we find ourselves uh, taking part of as we are looking for our soon-coming Savior. And I mean, folks, at any moment we are about to leave. Everything is set up. The nations are being aligned. The, the, fig, the, 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 the fig tree has been bearing forth leaves since 1948, speaking of the nation of Israel, Matthew 24 and 32. And you and I better be ready to go. We're not ready because we feel like we are. We say we are. We're ready to go. If there's oil in our lamps, we better be a part of the wise virgins, those who actually have oil in their lamps and are looking for their Savior, listening for their Savior. Titus chapter 2 tells us that grace has us looking for the appearing of our Savior. And I'm looking for Him today, expecting Him today, and I hope you are as well. Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, let's start as I just want to read two or three, four or five verses here uh, so that we can see the picture uh, of what the Holy Spirit is trying to, at least a part of what the Holy Spirit is trying to uh, share with us today, impart to us today, and hear me very carefully, guide us into more so today. Uh, just an overall statement of this morning's lesson is we're going to see today, I hope we can see more clearly, that the cross of Christ and the throne of God are really inseparable. They are two different things that happened that are in two different places, but they are so intrinsically tied together that you really, as a, as a, a human being, you cannot have one without the other. You, can, you cannot have uh, the cross without a throne. You cannot get to the throne without the cross. They, they are intrinsically tied together. We will see that today. Uh, it's very important that you know that, that not one human being can approach the throne of God without faith in the blood. Even the child of God who's been saved by the blood of the Lamb, if they do not continue to 
hold fast that hope and that confidence they had at the beginning until the end, they won't make it. Uh, you, you and I need to know these things, that, that we have to cling fast to that faith that we began in, that truth we began in, and that's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, 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 and no one gets to the throne of God even just because they're a Christian. The Christian must maintain, maintain faith in the only avenue through which they get to the throne. If you don't if you don't leave the throne with mercy and grace, you didn't get to the throne. Let, let me say that again. If you if you don't if you don't leave God's throne with mercy and grace, then you really didn't get to the throne. And and and, and you we re, this is a hard thing to say and people think I'm being ugly and judgmental in a wrong way, but I'm not. We're living in a time where the most, for the most part of what's called Christianity, there's more make-believe and pretending and assumption and just presuming things than there ever is what's really biblical, true, and right. And, and I came out of all the make-believe, the presuming and assumption. Yes, using Scripture, but only in an avenue out, or many avenues outside of the one avenue that it is our light, and that is the avenue, the path of righteousness. Our righteousness is as our light, Psalms 37, 6. If you're listening to me for the first time today, you better get your pencil out. You're going to hear some things you maybe you've not heard before and, and that you need to go look at with your own eyes after this session today because God is bringing his people out from uh, being on the milk for so many, so long, and he's attempting to get the babes to mature onto the meat, and, uh, and, and, and you can do that if you desire to. But it's not mystical and magical and make-believe, and however I choose it to be, I must come back to Calvary, for there's the only place that righteousness flows from, and the difference between those on the milk of God's Word and the meat of God's Word is what we do with God's Word in its righteous context. That's Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. Write it down, look at it later. But let's read this morning Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16 to cover this point that I've made. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. This is Hebrews 10 and 16. <coughs> this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. He's, he's declaring this again to the church as he reaches back in Ezekiel chapter 36 and pulls it forward. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. That means won't, he, he won't charge them. He won't point back to them. He, he, his wrath is over concerning his people. And, he, and, and for his wrath to be over, his resistance against them to be over, he has to no longer hold their sins against them, no, no longer point back to them, remember them, hold them responsible for them. And the only way he can do that is we're about to see it through faith in the blood of his son. 
Having therefore, why don't you just go ahead and say because of that? Because that's what therefore means. Having because of that, brothers and sisters, which he, we have now boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Let, let me read that again. Having because of that, what? God forgiving our sins and iniquities, remembering them no more, holding us responsible, guilty, condemned for them anymore, not pointing back to them anymore. We are free from sin, hallelujah. Because of that, brothers and sisters, we now have a boldness, this means confidence, to enter into the holiest by the blood of of Jesus, only by the blood of Jesus. What are we entering into? The holy place here. Just the word holiest refers back to the, the tabernacle, and then the, there was the outer court, there was the holy place, and then there was the holiest place, the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was and the mercy seat on the top of that, and Exodus 25 tells us that's where God dwelt, and God said, this is where I'll meet with you, and this is where I'll commune with you and instruct you. Oh, how you need to know these things. That represented the, the Savior that would come, the blood he was shed on the cross. That's where God meets with anybody. That's where God communes with anybody. That's where God gives his instructions to those that get to him. To get to God, we must go through Christ Jesus. He said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through him. Through him doesn't mean just saying the name Jesus. Through him doesn't mean that I just use that name and, and think I'm there. Through him means through his way of sacrifice, the blood. We come with confidence into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. This is not just an initial scripture, uh, a scripture used for the initial born-again experience. This is absolutely the only way you and I can approach God even today under the new covenant is faith in the blood. So when I was running around out there, thinking that I could put faith in my declaration of the word or I could put faith in the government of 12, the purpose-driven life, the walk of Emmaus, celebrate recovery, AA. Anything at all I'm trusting in other than the blood of Jesus, the cross, the death of Jesus Christ, eliminates my approach from God's throne, the holiest. I cannot get there even as a child of God if I do not come by way of the blood. Just because I was saved by way of the cross does not mean now I have another way of approach to God. My way to the throne is the way of the cross. They are inseparable, although the throne of God is in heaven and the cross of Christ took place here on the earth. They are inseparable. I, God does not need 
need a throne. God, let, let's go ahead and talk about that for a moment because we have too many spirit-filled Christians running around talking about God has a need for this and God needs me to do that. God doesn't have a need, any need, ever, never has had a need, never will have a need. God has no needs. You might as well go ahead and say it right now. God, my God, has no needs. And, and some person might come along and say, well, yeah, God has a need for us to go and do No, God doesn't have a need. If God has told us to do something, we're the ones that have the need to go do it. God can do anything that he so desires. And although he has prescribed certain ways in which he will function that he will not violate because it would be a violation of his own nature to break outside of what he's designated as his way to save and to deliver and to heal and to, 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 to do all that he does, he does it within the way he has prescribed. He doesn't break outside of that to do anything, and he doesn't break outside of this narrow approach, and this is what most of the church doesn't like when they hear the, the narrowness of the gospel preached. God throughout the ages has always revealed the narrowness, the exclusivity of his approach of being able to approach him. You had to be in Israel to, 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 to even be considered a, a child of God. You had to be of the nation of Israel. If you weren't you had to come in and you had to do everything that they had to do. You had to be circumcised. You, you had to bring forth sacrifices for sins. But you, no one could even go into the holiest place except the high priest on one day a year, that one man. And, 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 and the exclusivity, the narrowness of this approach, the church comes along and all throughout the ages tries to broaden it, but it can't be broadened. The two boys that brought strange fire to the altar, God struck them dead. It, it, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. If you try to approach the throne of, of, of grace, the throne of God, outside of faith in the cross, then you're, you're, you're not approaching the throne of grace you there's some pretending there there's make-believe there and, and 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 your voice is only slapping the fan blades on the ceiling fan and coming back down to you i'm not being ugly i'm just being biblical the only way to the throne is is through the cross not just a, a one-time born again experience but today the the bible says uh, brothers that's christians that we have this confidence now that we can enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. Jesus said he's the way, but what makes him the way? Well, let's read. By a new and living way, verse 20, Hebrews chapter 10, which he has consecrated, made for us through the veil. See, there's still a veil before the throne. Even though, even as there was a veil before the holiest place under the old covenant, there's still a veil. There is still a veil. But that veil is the flesh of Jesus. Let's read it again. 
Having therefore, brothers, boldness, confidence to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil. Through the veil. Through the veil. There is a veil. Through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. Jesus taught it in John chapter 6. If If you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. And we're told to abide in Christ, the one who is our life. We're told by Jesus in John 8, 12, if we follow him, that we won't walk in darkness, but we will have the light of life. Hallelujah. And he also taught that to follow him, you must deny self and take up your cross. That means faith in his cross to be able to continue with him, to follow him, to have his effect and profit on your life, you being benefited from him. It can't happen without the cross. Daily applicable. It can't happen just because you got born again. If you're hearing me and you disagree with me, read Galatians 5 and you will see a born again, spirit filled church who'd seen miracles in the church who now finds themselves in a place fallen from grace where Christ, the Bible says there in Galatians 5, 1 through 4, is no longer profiting or affecting them. You do not hear this taught in church. You do not hear this preached in church because it would, it would, it would, it it reveals the exclusivity, the narrowness of serving God, walking with God, approach to his throne. And if we teach the word of God as it is written, then more than likely we're going to experience in our own congregations those who are being seduced and by evil spirits and doctrines of devils that that that, that try to work uh, and tend to that self-life that doesn't really want to walk the narrow way. And so we, we need to just accept God's word as it is written. It is forever settled in heaven, and the more we allow the Holy Spirit to settle it forever in our hearts and just walk according to it, we will be a lot better off. Watch now. We have confidence now to enter into this holiest place, but only by the blood of Jesus. And and again, I've already spoken it this morning. Galatians chapter 5 reveals that we can be limited. We, Peter even wrote, uh, that, and get this now, even though the Bible says, and James said that the prayer of a righteous man avails much, Peter said that if we don't treat our wives as co-equal heirs of grace that even as the righteous people, men of God in Christ Jesus, their prayers avail much, but if we don't treat our wives as co-equal heirs of grace, if we don't treat them properly, our prayers as the righteous people of God in Christ Jesus can be hindered. And you have to tie all that in with your approach to the throne. That means You may not get what you expected when you go to the throne if you're not going through faith in the blood. A lot of people just think they can just walk right up to the throne of God today just because they're saved by the blood of the Lamb. Not so. You must approach the throne even today through that veil. That means what Jesus did, your faith in what Jesus did in his flesh on the cross. 
Without the cross today in your life, you'll not approach the throne of God today in your life. I don't care what preacher says different. We've got a Bible. We see the old and how it pointed to the new. We see the new and we understand. Let's continue to read. By new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, the new and living way, is to be experienced each and every day and can be as we have our faith and an identifiable faith in Christ Jesus and him crucified. If that is where our faith is, and it must be, child of God, because you are only being made conformable to the one thing God allows you to glory in, the place that all Christians and the only place that all Christians are allowed to glory in and that God forbids any glorying in anything other is the cross, Galatians 6.14. If you think you're beyond the cross, then you're beyond the avenue of entrance into the throne. I want you to know that. I've been there. I walked there for a few years as a child of God, teaching all sorts of false things that, that made us think that we were far more spiritual than others and that we had a, a, a the market on this and we coined the phrase on that and all that. Listen, you ain't coined to nothing. The Word of God is God. And, 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 and I don't have any credit for coming up with nothing. The Word of God, if it's not the Word of God, it's not helping anybody. And God is the word of God. God sent his word to heal us and deliver us from all destruction. That means God came himself because he is the living word of God. Hallelujah. So watch this now. And having, verse 21, and having a high priest over the house of God, Jesus Christ, the one who's at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. <coughs> Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. This is talking about faith in the cross. Let's read it again. Because here the context is still us approaching the throne and giving us the, the, the avenue, the truth of how that happens in its exclusivity and narrowness. Preachers have even said about those preaching the message of the cross that they're just making it so narrow. Can't even nobody get saved. My Lord, that's, that's about as dumb. That's about as dumb as, as people saying that they're so heavenly minded. They're no earthly good. Let me tell you, the Bible teaches that the more heavenly minded you are, the more good you'll do in this earth that you're in. The devil has all kinds of cute little sayings, and some of you need to uh, think about what some comments uh, that are made are really being used for. I, I For years, I've shouted and hallelujahed over comments, but the more I learn the way of the cross, the more I see that many of those comments were 
for nothing and did nothing but stir up the flesh. That outer man, he likes to shout about facts. Oh, but he, he don't, listen, that outer man, that old self, that rotting thing, he does not like the way of the cross. He does, the, the out, that old sinful, selfish man, he will, he will love God but in his own way. He will love God but not the only way that God can truly be loved. That's why we see here, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. This confidence, this full assurance of faith that we have through faith in the blood. If we put the cross as something in the past and we've gone on now, we need to move on beyond the cross. You've left behind your approach to God, my friend. You, you've left behind that one avenue that you, you can get to the throne of grace to find the grace you need. You can't have grace unless you get to the throne, and you can't get to the throne unless your faith is in the cross. You need to understand that. Let me share a little something that's really, really interesting. Far uh, back, a long time ago, there, there were the early church fathers, and, and I won't get into all their names, but it's believed by several theologians from times past that Psalms 96 and 10 at one time said, the Lord reigneth from the tree. The Lord reigns from the tree, talking about the cross. And, 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 and there, it's even in some of the commentaries today, like the pulpit commentary for you though that are familiar with that. that. That is in that commentary, and many ministers use the pulpit commentary series. And I don't get up and preach things that I don't see with my eyes written in the Bible, but, but the early church fathers said that that actually was written in the Bible in Psalms 96 and 10, that the Lord reigns from the tree, talking about the cross, and that, and that Israel couldn't stand that being there, so they took that out. Well, however true that may be or not be, I know the Bible teaches it anyway because only through the cross, the death of Jesus, and that which he did, which was the Bible tells us he tasted death by the grace of God for all men in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9, that tells us because Romans chapter 5 verse 20 and 21 thereabout tell us that grace reigns through righteousness. You understand that? Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men that all who will believe upon him call on the name of the Lord, meaning come to God through faith in the death of Jesus, they shall be saved. They shall be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And grace reigns through righteousness. Grace reigns through the righteousness of that one man who obeyed God and offered now through his death the righteousness of God. So grace is what reigns through the righteous work that was carried out on Calvary's cross because Jesus was tasting death for you and me by the grace of God, that being the righteous work carried out in perfection by our Savior. So to say the Lord reigns from the tree is really 
a right statement. He reigns because of what he did at Calvary. He was given a name, exalted above every name, because of what he did at Calvary. He's exalted at even at the right hand of our Father in heaven now, having made a place for us to be there with him now because of what he did at Calvary. You need to understand that. If you want the grace of God to be found reigning through the righteousness of God in your life, you have to continue to keep the object of your faith, the cross of Christ, the blood of Jesus, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you approach the throne of God, it means you've come through a conscious faith, a conscious mind, a sober mind that's, whose faith is in the blood. All these out here today, in all these schemes the enemy's brought into the church today, they've crept in and brought all these other distractions all these other things they claim you can get to God and you can, God's using these. God's not Those are golden calves. And nobody can approach the throne of God except through the blood. Not the blood and something, the blood. The, our faith in the cross and something means that the, our and something, from our hearts we're telling God that this the cross and this means, and we are telling God even with, not with our lips, our hearts are telling God the cross wasn't enough. The cross just wasn't enough. And see, we, we miss the boat there. We, and we miss an honest, listen, let us draw near <coughs> with a true heart. And we'll talk about this more Thursday morning. We'll get more in depth into this one Bible verse right here. Let us draw near with a true heart. The only heart that can find this full assurance of faith. Having our heart sprinkled, only thing God will sprinkle a heart with is the blood of the Lamb. From an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And that speaks of the Word of God always in this context. Oh my goodness, it's about to get better than good. Hallelujah. Oh, God bless you all. Thanks for joining us and being a part of this great last days, last few moments move of God. So many are waiting on some big massive move of God while they're missing the big move of God taking place right now. It will always be a greater move of God. God tomorrow, if, if God can find you with a true heart, with this full assurance of faith, that means faith in the blood of the Lamb, without moving, without wavering, standing right there in the true grace of God. Oh, there's always going to be a greater move of God. The question is, are you in the move of God now? Because what you're waiting for, the enemy may have you waiting for something in your mind that's never coming. There's a lot of preachers saying this, that, and the other is coming that I don't see in my Bible. What I do see in my Bible 
Bible is that the Lord says that he's going to pour out of his spirit in the last days on all flesh. And when the Lord pours out of his spirit on all flesh, there's going to be a great gift of the prophetic voice taking place. And the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of our Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks for tuning in. There will be more right here, right here in this portion of Scripture Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. And get the word out to your friends, your family, your co-workers. Let them have a choice to hear what God is saying through his ministers of righteousness in these last few moments. If God stirs your heart to help us do what he's called us all to do, then you can sow your seed into good ground here at Crossway Church by donating on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Thank you for your help, your support, your prayers, and becoming a Amen Corner. You know, I call our folks that listen online not media members, but those who are in the Amen Corner. And our Amen Corner is growing because God is reaching far and wide. He's not drawing anybody to us. He's drawing everybody to himself. That's exactly what Jesus said that he would do if he was lifted up. My friend, he was lifted up, and I'm glad to be a part of those who are being drawn to him even more so day after day. God bless you. I love you. Till I see you next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. We'll see you then.